Okay, just before we uh, start the podcast here, before we run the intro, um, about three weeks ago, the UPS truck pulled up. Do you remember this? Not sure. Okay, well, the UPS truck pulled up with a little box with our copy of The Ruins Unrated in it. Do you remember that? Kind of. Yes. And instead of using polystyrene pellets to uh, protect it on its journey, it was wrapped in... What was it wrapped in? Plants? Yes, it was wrapped in plants. Now, I just want to clarify this. Did you touch those plants? I did. You're listening to the A. Scully cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A. Scully and Sid Talk. Anyway, we uh, touched those plants, so maybe next week's show won't, won't come on. There will be no after the show. Okay, so this is after the show number 26, and it's Sunday, July the 13th, and this week... As we said in the intro, we're going to be looking at The Ruins Unrated on Blu-ray Disc. Happy late birthday. Thank you. Not like I ignored it on the day. I'm just saying now to everyone it was your birthday in this past week. So I hope you had a lovely day. I did. So moving on to other matters. <laughs> Good lord. The year, the year release of this movie is 2008. It was released on DVD last Tuesday, so you can go and get it today if you want. And it's... We looked at the Blu-ray disc, but it's also on DVD. It's also available on DVD in a rated version, if you so. If you, Will that be the theatrical version? Yeah, if you're a wuss. Um, <laughs> this is from our friends at DreamWorks and Paramount. And this is Sito with uh, the synopsis. Synopsis. Group of 20-somethings, uh, two couples, and a dude they meet at a beach in Mexico go on an excursion to find the dude, the German guy's brother... That's the guy they meet. And um, it's ominous, and something bad's going to happen to them, possibly. And that's it, really. Can I just clarify, was that guy a real German guy? No. I didn't think so. He's an actor. You know what was... Pretending to be German. It was him going, we're going to the ruins. <laughs> that was kind of... <laughs> it sounded like something off uh, Faulty Very, Towers. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or hello, hello. Okay, so is that all you have to say about it? Yeah, because, you know, you know, you saw it. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, a group of 20-somethings, right, on vacation somewhere, meet a stranger, and they're going to be taken to a remote location in a jungle. Can't be good. No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if any, any other parody movies come out, that's got to be one of the new parodies, that when you meet a stranger on vacation... Just who invites you to go somewhere. Do not go, right? Don't open the door. Don't go outside in the dark. Uh, it's like, reminds, don't pick up the phone. Don't go that, with the stranger. Um, do you know me watch Grindhouse on the theatrical version and there was the trailer by the guy from Shaun of the Dead, the one that's, don't open the door. Yes, don't yes, go in yes, the cellar. Exactly. Yeah, don't exactly. go with strangers. Just don't do It's very simple. But <laughs> it's the new kind of thing, I guess, because with Hostel and... Um, it's not new. Tristas. And even going back to anything. No, that's not. That's pretty new. No, thing. I mean the don't do things like. No, no, even I'm going... talking about meeting a stranger who entices you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you're in, you're kind of vulnerable. You're on vacation. You're in a foreign place. I mean, they're in Mexico, which is not America, right? They're in a place they're not used to, and um, they someone comes along you do not know, and they invite you to go somewhere 
It's definitely in the. There's going to be blood. If you're there, in will the, be blood. <laughs> if you like the um, if you're in, if you like those kind of movies, Hostel and Tourista's mentioning two of them specifically. It's definitely your thing. This would be your thing, I think. Hostel is my movie recommendation of the week, by the way. Yeah, both Hostel movies are good. Um, I don't know if they're good. No, well, n- not good, but um. And More... well, I actually had a discussion with a friend of mine this week. This is just going off topic before we go on to the movie. I had a discussion with a friend of mine this week, and he likes movies like The Ruins. And I said, have you seen Hostel? And he said, oh, no, because the press and everything at the time was saying that was the most goriest movie of all time, and I've not really got any desire to see something that's gore for gore's sake. He just likes to see the 20-somethings all get killed off one at a time. That's what he enjoys. Which is what Hostel is, in a way. Part of it. But uh, Hostel got that reputation at the time because Quentin Tarantino was behind it and people was saying it's so bloodthirsty you're going to faint when you go and watch it and all that kind of stuff. That was all hype. Yeah, it wasn't because, that Well, there is... No, you can't say that it's and bad. then have somebody watch it and be like, what were you talking about? Well, because it is gory. Well, it depends on... Because a lot of it's in your mind. Yeah, well, I just watched The Ruins. That was pretty gory. Yeah, it had more <laughs> gore. Now, my friend who I was talking about saw the ruins as well in the theatre. I don't know if his version was quite as bad as the version we oh, saw. Oh, maybe not. Because ours was Because ours had a little bit more cut back in. And it was pretty hard to look at sometimes. Yeah. But especially for me, because I don't like <laughs> that kind of thing. But. That's the weird thing. You don't like to watch, like, operations on TV and stuff, no. right? And you're like, no! Can't but look in at... a movie, you just look straight at it. Yeah, I don't look away from... Yeah, because it's the same. No, I think of it as, like, rubber legs. You also like Peter Jackson, that original movie that's extremely bloody gory. Why are we talking about this? We should be talking about The Roots. Well, we're going for a movie recommendation. Hostel, yes. Touristas, no. How about Dead Alive? No, <laughs> I think Hostel. If you... This movie, yeah. Hostel's definitely got something in common with it. Um, okay, so moving on to the movie. Um, what did you think? I actually liked it. I found it... Uh, here's my number one problem, okay? And it's going to be a problem if you listen every week or you read any of my pod, my any of my reviews. This is one of my problems. I don't care about any of them except one, the blonde girl. I liked her in the beginning and I liked her throughout and it paid off because she was really good. I actually thought she was really good. So I was totally into her little section of the story. The other people, I couldn't give a shit. I don't care if they die or they fall off or they get their head cut I'm not fine because they're going to bite Well, it. no, because I want to care. I want to care. I want to cling on to somebody so that the idea that, okay, you know, all these movies have the element of we will be rescued or we will escape or we will find a way out. So you have to care about somebody to care about that or all you're really doing is just waiting for the end. So I cared about her. I didn't care about anybody else. That was my only real problem. I actually didn't care and about And I thought her the plant either. looked really fake. And I know they worked really hard on it, but that was a problem for me. So, well, I But just, I liked it overall. I think we have to explain the plant. Uh, the plant is the... Uh, should we? Yeah, yeah. That's part of the... That's the story. It's not really a spoiler. Or it is a little bit, I guess. If uh, Okay, let, let's, it's a bad just, plant. let's do a spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Okay, so... Because this isn't one of those movies that I would care about, really. No, in fact... We're not telling the end. Really, well, what I'm saying is you wouldn't really spoil anything because you know what you're getting into Instantly. when you watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the bad guy of the movie, essentially, is not the usual guy running around with a knife or a gun. It's a plant. 
Oh, Final Destination. That was another good one to recommend for kids getting killed It wasn't killed necessarily up. good. No, it wasn't good, but I, I liked it. So, but, sorry. Distract. Yeah, the, they go the to a Mayan ruin. It's covered with this plant. And it's very isolated. And uh, you, you find out very quickly that this plant that's growing all over it is... is like, well, the actual uh, natives of the place are absolutely petrified of this particular area. Right, you find that out pretty quickly, too. And, you know, the plant. They're obviously frightened to death of this plant that's growing on this what, temple, right? Yeah, it's like an old Mayan temple. Like a pyramid, but temple. I kept, I kept expecting to see Jeff Probst pop up on top, like, and say, <laughs> I remind tally, me of, tally. It reminded me of uh, Apocalypto. <laughs> Again. Yeah, yeah. Because I can imagine at the top somebody throwing somebody's severed head down, you know, something. Jeff Probst. That's kind of what I thought when I first saw the trailers. I thought there would be some mystical Mayan sacrifice kind of thing. I think that's what they're playing on, but very quickly. What's the matter with you? You're looking at my feet wiggling. It's distracting me. <laughs> my chair's very tall. Um, so you, you think that might be it, but I mean... You're very quickly introduced to the plant. Now, and it's not a clever movie by any standards. And there is not a lot of an explanation of what it is. No. Um, it hints at the idea that this is the plant that destroyed the Mayan civilization, though. I think that that... Yeah, but very, it's hints very, at it so small. Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter. Because as they're, they're going through the jungle in the beginning to find this place, and one person says the Mayan civilization died off some, some, from some crazy disease... And he just says it as they're walking. Yeah. And so I would like that to have become a little bit more apparent or see some, like, cave paintings or, you know, like, wall paintings down in the little hole that they go in or whatever. But nothing like that. It wasn't that clever. Now, so. for me, my opinion of the of it is I kind of like these movies, too. Mm-hmm. When I start watching them, I, I have the feeling in my head that, wow, I've seen this movie 500 times. <laughs> yeah, I'm still watching it. Exactly. You know? It's, like, it's strange to me. Like, um, why the hell am I even watching this? Because here's how it goes, right? You're introduced to the main characters. They're fun-loving and having a good time. Sexy, you might see some titties. Which you do. Only briefly. Very briefly from the side. Well, what what I'm saying is you see some Yeah, I don't want to discourage you, but there's not a lot of... Yeah. If you find lots of blood and gore and big gaping wounds on almost naked girls, yeah, that, that's sexy to you. Then yeah, you that kind like. of <laughs> takes the sexy factor away from me. But I loved her. But anyway, you meet these people, you're supposed to get endeared to them and, and relate to them, because if you are a 20-something... I guess if you are a 20-something, maybe you will. Because you're like, oh, yeah, but oh women- they've got blackjacks, and oh, they've, they've, they're cool, and they sit around a pool, and they're all... They're on vacation. Trendy and talking, you know. Yeah, I, like those I guess weird, if you're that kind of kid. That weird fabricated interaction between 20-somethings. It's yeah. really, oh, I'm over that part of it. But I, I do what you do sometimes. Click off. I know what this movie's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Start watching it. I'm like, and that was my, that's what I'm saying about my opinion of this movie. I feel like I've seen it a million times. I'm, But what I was expecting was they were going to get to this place helping this stranger... And then there was going to be something evil, as in a evil spirit. Or right. Something. So the actual plant thing was cool for me, because I hadn't seen that. So, yeah, that was different enough, even though it wasn't. The terror part, which I don't want to really spoil that, is not really 100% derived from the plant. It's more from the people, like, what? Yeah. Trying to survive in a, un, a horrible situation. Yeah, and they're trying... What part of the element of this is they've gone out to this kind of remote location, whatever, and then they're stranded there, and then 
But I never felt like they were that stranded. I had a problem with that. I didn't feel like it was claustrophobic. I didn't feel like they were too far away from civilization to find help. None of that. So I never got that kind of panicky feeling where I have in other movies. You know, like, I mean, go back to Hostel again. I felt like it was hopeless. Zombie movies, I feel hopeless. See, and this I felt hopeless. Feeling. This felt hopeless to me because, if we, we explain it, the natives, the local people there, local people, the local people, they um, surround the surround. Because if anybody gets into this area and they're infected by this plant, they don't want these people spreading it. So they'll stand there until you die, basically, won't they? Yeah, they're just waiting for you to die, and then oh, they. And if you try and escape, they'll kill you anyway because they don't want you. So. That part was blocked off. There was no running away. And on once you're on wow. top, once you're on top of the temple, the only thing on top of the temple is a big shaft, uh, shaft <laughs> that goes down into the temple, which you don't want to go down there. No, it's full of plants and, and it's very dark stuff. So that was good for me, and because uh, I know they said it a lot in the uh, extra stuff that they wanted to try and have terror in broad daylight. I actually like that, because when they went down the shaft and it was pitch black and they had a little light and stuff, that is done to death. We, You know, things jumping out of the dark? Yeah. It doesn't scare me anymore, that. So I, I prefer seeing somebody... Um, yeah. Somebody... In the broad daylight. Yeah, doing something, something horrible. Yes. <laughs> and that really worked for me. And I, they I pulled that off, good. I felt like, really well. Because it wasn't just broad daylight. It was, like, overlit. It was, like... Just sunshine. Sunshine shafting down like it was completely bright. So Yeah, and but in the extras when they're like talking oh it's in the broad daylight and we really had to work hard at it. You know what? Get over it. Technology's at a point where now you're just gonna have to deal with it as filmmakers. You need to make stuff look bad I mean, horrific in the sunshine. Just but, get over it. Stop moaning about it or what, acting like it's some great feat. Which when you can see everything it kind of, and that's why I was saying when they did go down in the little uh, shaft for a little while, I was like, oh, "I hope it doesn't end up down here." And that's this is the extent of it. They wander around in the dark. Something jumps out and kills one of them. Another one goes down to rescue that one, and they all end oh, up. Oh yeah! Dead. I, I was hoping that wasn't the case, and it wasn't, which no? is good because we've seen that going down in the thing, and it started with somebody in the thing, in the dark, like uh, the opening scene. Oh, yeah. So I, I was thinking to myself, well, it's all going to end up down there. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I forgot about that girl, though, by the end. With the tele- with the yeah. blackberry. Yeah. So, yeah, it opens with a scene of a girl in the dark, really in the dark. You can barely see her. Screaming for help. Holding a cell phone, screaming for help, and then... Whew, yeah. She, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something whatever makes happens. a noise and she's gone. Like. So I liked the I liked the setup and I liked the baddie. Because, you know, we don't need to see another guy with a knife and a mask on running about. No, but it, it's almost... But it is from a book, we should say. It's from a book called The Ruins, written by the guy who wrote... It said on there. He wrote um, A Simple Plan. Yes, that's Which it. I love that movie. I don't know about the book, I never read it, but the movie's brilliant. You like it? Yes. Yeah, yeah really good. Billy Bob. So the book there, might there's be... A good, there's a... There's a really there's recommendation number two, a simple plan. Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, really good. <laughs> You're funny. You love certain men. It's great. <laughs> Forget about Billy Bob and your little group of dudes that you love. I liked it. I think you have to really amp up the 
the creep factor for me. And there were times when I recoiled, and I really did, because there were some, let's say, medical procedures that had to be done, yeah, and pretty, there was no turning away. They showed it, and it was yeah. meaty and bloody. They didn't cut away when from anything. They just showed the whole... No. Yeah, that's, that's where I was like... Okay, they're probably going to cut when he does... Uh, oh, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that, was really, that was really horrible. Now, the problem with that is it sort of anesthetizes you. Because you see that, and then you creep out, and then the next movie that does it, you're like, yeah, whatever, seen it. So that's the only downside. But for this movie, I was actually like... <laughs> and yeah. I don't get grossed out. But the sounds, you know, you've got the bone breaking and the skin cutting and stuff. So if you like feeling kind of like... <gasps> shimmery from that. I wasn't scared at all. I wasn't creeped out by the vine. No, it's um, not scary so much as gruesome. And, and, in parts. And not even gruesome overwhelming. So that was good. Because there are some movies that just full on. Like, um, Turista. Once they get into it, then it's just sort of like Turista's has a similar kind of scene. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it was as well done in that movie. Oh, no, totally no. not. But, yeah, it's a similar trying to get the same response from you. Yeah, and Tourist is it's taking out organs to be sold, and so you can imagine the gore yeah. of that. But it's not as, A, convincing, and B, because the setup isn't as ominous, I don't think, as this, because, it, I don't know. This isn't by any means, like, feel like real life or anything, but when they do certain things, oh. you do go like, oh. And God. it's not a masterpiece, either. Oh, goodness, it's no. It's just a, um... It's a well-made horror movie. In my opinion, though. The blonde girl who goes on kind of a downward spiral with the vine thing. Because the vine can get in you. It can get attached to your wounds. It starts growing like little fungi on your sweat part of your clothes and stuff. Because that's what it feeds on, I suppose. Blood and skin and flesh and whatever. She actually was really good when she had to, like be in pain and when she cried and when they had to do stuff to her and when she was just doing her parts I actually thought she was the best thing in the whole movie the other girl was good too yeah but she didn't have as much she had a little more kind of delicate upset the other girl was a bit like our niece Ashley yes oh my god I totally agree you know I don't mean how she looked I just mean yes she was sensible and she didn't really want to go and she was a little more not weak but a little more delicate in fact she almost got out of it because she was literally going to stay back at the hotel because she was sick. That's right. She didn't want to go because she was hungover. She should have. In <laughs> fact, at the beginning, when they were walking through, when they actually got to the location and they were walking, and some somebody, this sums it all up, somebody, I can't remember who, said, why, why did we leave the pool for this? Well, yeah. that's the whole, yeah, go back now. Yeah, that was her. She said, why yeah. did we leave the hotel? Yeah. So, you know. So those two girls... The blonde would be my number one. Then the other girl, I thought she was good too. I didn't, I don't, you know, there's always got to be the semi-weak, wimpy kind of person. You know, I didn't care about the dudes at all. I don't like, I didn't really like the dark-headed guy. Just the way he is, I think he seems a bit too the, Christian, um, what's his name? I don't know. Bale. Christian Bale wanna oh. be kind of, you know, that intense. like. The weird. main guy, the one who was, wanted to grow up to be a doctor. Him, yeah. I didn't his, like His him. outfit that they gave him the denim shirt and the jeans and the black hair and sometimes it had blood on him and stuff I kept getting I don't, you're not really 100% familiar with Evil Dead the no original. I've seen it but I know but what you mean Ash um, played by <laughs> Bruce Campbell it's it's totally his outfit and the blood and the black hair It was. I just kept thinking wow that's like <laughs> and Evil Dead does have a similarity to this movie it has a a fleshy 
But my uh, computer's <laughs> just about to make a funny noise. It has a flesh-eating... Uh, well, not flesh-eating. Okay. The Evil Dead has something interesting. It has a, a... A girl goes into the forest to try and get away from the house. All the trees come to life. They grab her, they open her legs, and they have sex with her. Oh, great. So, it does have something... Was the first Evil Dead scarier than funny and then they sort of went funny the first evil dead had no funny in it at all. right and i've seen that one and i was creeped out with the book and the 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 cellar and the cabin and everything and they played the whole premise is they find the tape they play back well there's another recommendation (laughs) oh yeah it's good yeah and then the second one it got funny they made a funny version right so it started out being actually creepy and when i was that age that creeped me out it was was really a book that you could do like incantations to like bring stuff to life yeah and Maybe this movie needed a little of that. <laughs> no, I don't think it did. I, I, like, like I say, I like how it was because it wasn't any. There wasn't no convoluted thing. It was just what it was like. Yeah, and when you came up, when we were coming up from the theater, you said I didn't really know what was going to happen. Not real. I mean, you I, know, ultimately, what's going to happen. We all do. I've not seen the. Didn't trailer. know where it was going to go with the whole thing. So that was good. So. Moving on to the uh, cast of this uh, piece, uh, we've got. You'll have to. Uh, might have to help me here because I wrote these down before we actually saw the movie. I might do them off IMDb actually. No, so I, we, I know who they are. So we've got Jonathan Tucker playing uh, as Jeff McIntyre. So Jeff, Jeff's the guy who I said look, look, looks like Ash. Yeah, he is. Yes. So you wasn't into that guy? No. Um, I thought I could take him or leave him. It was alright. And having a med student along was really convenient. convenient. But, but whatever. Because uh, so no one else had any sort of identifiable personality I, traits at all. They didn't no. say, well, I'm a writer and he's a model. And she he also, should, They should have at least added that. He also, not only was a doctor, he also had MacGyver skills because... He was very good at <laughs> rigging things up. He had some duct tape. He made a... What do you call That's it? That's right. Uh, a... Out of he got, in fact, they said, "Let's make a was it a back plate?" Or? Yes, like to carry a guy with a yeah. Let's make a back plate. Injured. And he said, "How about tent poles and yeah? Tent, we'll take like. the tents apart and we'll make use tent and poles." And then the and next the scene canvas. is him with the duct tape making it like so. Yeah, he was a bit MacGyver. He's the one that doctor. made the um the torches with the cloth and the like, tequila uh, and well, some wine. Fortunately, I don't. He had fortunately, all, before they got there, <laughs> some archaeologists had already been there on this dig to and leave had some stuff. left a lot of things like lamps and tape, stuff. You know, you and don't really take that. Everybody with you. has duct tape with them. And in fact, I'll be going on a vacation this week. Maybe I'll take a roll of duct tape. Maybe. And I definitely should write my will. And then I'm going to another country. <laughs> and then moving on to Jenna Malone as Amy. Amy's the dark-headed girl. She is. And I can see a picture of her right here. At point, you know what? When she's more desperate, I like her better than when she's just trying to be sort of the cute, but a little bit high maintenance girl. You know, I liked her when she it, things got more desperate. So I liked her though. Yeah, and then the lady you like, Laura Ramsey, is Stacy. Right. I cannot say high enough that I think her performance in different areas, different spots, was just so convincing to me about the pain. Because she was in the most pain of everybody. Like, you know, we'll just say that right out. She had the most horrific things. And um, she did a really good job. I liked it. I was just looking at what else she was in, but she wasn't really in anything. Well, I hope that, she, hope she was she, in She's the Man. Hope she I moves on so. something else, because I thought she did a good job. And then there's Sean Ashmore as Eric. Didn't care at all about him. Didn't no, like I didn't either. He, he, he reminds me of Justin Timberlake, and I don't really particularly Kind of like a bit either. of a dick thing, you know. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention, these are all boyfriend-girlfriends. 
which I don't care about anyway. I think it's like not a bond whatsoever. So if you're out there and you've got a boyfriend, girlfriend, and I've never had a boyfriend, but, and I just don't think it's that big of a bond. I would almost be like, you're my boyfriend. You're being trapped by the plant. If I help you, I'm going to die. I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not sacrificing my life for my boyfriend. So that and could then, just be me. And then there's Joe Anderson, who's the plays the German guy in the movie, who I said, do you think he's German? What nationality do you think he is? don't know. Have a guess. A bit British? Yes. Yeah. So he was a Brit doing a hokey German accent. Um, he was okay as well. Yeah, he was fine. He was in a lot of pain <laughs> a lot, so he just had to do a lot of... He did have uh, some scenes where... Why'd he... they even make him German? I don't know. <laughs> Why do movies it, do cause, that? Because it's more mysterious. Oh, well, a British guy not... would have been more as, just as mysterious. Yeah. That's just so bizarre. I mean, uh, granted, it might have been in the book... Or they whatever, but they change other things around from the book, so I just find that so. Irritating. It's like like I said the other week when we watched um, Fool's Gold. <laughs> like, why do they make Ray Winstone an American when right. he, when he's got a charming co- he's a charming English guy, yeah. and it didn't have to be an. American. And there are British people who live in America, so yes. if you've got a character in Florida, he might very well. Yeah, so another off-topic it's one subject. Of those, one of those weird filmmaking things. <laughs> Somebody says. He'd be better as a German. It's more menacing. Or something. I don't know. Anyway, Uh, that's the cast, pretty much. Everybody who matters. Yeah. That's pretty much everybody. In fact, this isn't a movie of a lot of people. It's a movie with five, six main people, and that's it, really. And if you think claustrophobia in that terms, it is a bit... You're really stuck with these people, and that's it. Yeah. For 93 minutes. So we've got the director now, which is Carter Smith... Uh, we saw a bit of him in the extras. What did you think? What else has he done? Um, I will uh, tell you. He's done... First time director, I believe, Ben Stiller said. Or second time. Yeah, the other thing he did was a movie called Bug Crush. And that's it. This is his first... Re- Bug Crush is not a... Not I a- did like the way it looked. There were lots of in- little more interesting... You know, I mean, it's not revolutionary or anything. It's not artsy-fartsy. It's not... To me, one of the it's a couple of the greatest movies for me, visually, when you think director and cinematography or the way things look, art direction are like Amelie, Train Spotting. Do you know what I mean? There's such an effort there to make things look interesting. This one, there were some, lots of close up, of course, because you want the horror and the terror. But yeah, and and he also had a famous DP as well, didn't mm. he? Uh, he was in the thing, but um, yeah, it, I thought it was well. I thought it was really well directed. I thought it was. I like that they didn't work. use any tricks, you know, like no weird, like speed up, no slowdowns, no slow motion, yeah, no it fast wasn't, cutting. It was just none of really. that. Very straightforward. So that was a good choice, I think. And that made it feel less pretentious sometimes. You know, when it's all like you say, I, I always think of them shots like on Survivor, the TV show, where it shows you something from a distance and then it skips to it in like in steps and then, yeah. then it zooms in on somebody that always makes things seem a bit overproduced yeah. to me like, or make so. the dong dong like make the or any slow motion that said so no they didn't do any of that no? it was just like documentary-ish but not rough it was very yeah very polished and produced but not a lot of tricky editing so that's probably where that comes in so over, I thought was alright yeah let's I'd like in. to see what else he'll do yeah, and that, you know, he did something... It was a film, the other one he did, but it was independent. This one, The the Ruins, is made by Ben Stiller's production company. And... Under Steven Spielberg's... Yeah. Um, pretty good collection of people. So, yeah, it is. It is. 
Uh, moving on to the extras, uh, we looked at the Blu-ray version. They're all in HD. Don't think it ever dropped down into the rough-looking video ever, did it? The only time I thought it didn't look great was in the dark scenes, I'll be honest. And then it looked a bit, not blocky or anything, it just didn't look very, I guess because you're, you're These were dark scenes with no light source, weren't they? Yeah, but I mean, it even looked like it wasn't high def to me. It was a Mm. little bit DVD-ish, like a little fuzzy-ish. Or low quality, you know what I mean? Well, I'm saying it, like... It wasn't crispy clear. I thought the dark scenes where they were using lamps were fine, but there was some dark scenes where the lamps were out. And um, I think that's just the... It was just dark, dark. Yeah, I don't know, I think... I think he was supposed to be scared at that point, like, oh my god, there's nothing. I can't see in front of my face, like... But um, anyway, everything was in HD, um, even the extras. And the first extra was Making the Ruins... Which was the uh, making of mm-hmm. documentary. Did you like it? Yes. yes. Tells you about... I mean, he has an interview with the director and how they got hold of the book and why he did the movie and Ben And they Stiller. actually bought the rights to the making the movie before the book was even finished being right. wrote. They just read the first few chapters and he told them what would happen at the end and then they bought it, which is pretty good for a book guy. Yeah, and he wrote the script. The guy who wrote the book. Yeah. And this, has, uh, this making of the ruins has... It's basically the overview, just like a bit of talk with Ben Stiller, a bit of talk with the director. The producer lady. And some of the actors. Who works with Red Hour. And then it goes into more detail on these other extras. The first one called Creeping Death, which shows us how they made the vines. And it goes behind the scenes with the team that made them. It's pretty in-depth stuff. Um, Somebody from Lord of the Rings was even involved. The guy who's the art director of the whole thing. And then there's the Building the Ruins featurette, which is... Showing you how they bu- they actually built the temple. Part of it. Part yeah. of the top, and then the rest was CGI. There, I mean, there was probably more CGI in this movie than you know, but it's really... There is no, like, oh, that's fake. No, because they used a real... They, the, instead of... Like they say, instead of building a temple on a soundstage, having a green screen all around, exactly. and then dropping in some scenery, they built the top of a temple in a real place with scenery all around which right. makes it better and even when there's stuff obviously that's not happening like vines creeping on their own stuff like that it does not look it looks really good I'll give them that and then there's the deleted scenes with the commentary by the director and the deleted scenes were kind of interesting to me because there was one called Rain mm. now it didn't belong in the movie but it was interesting to see it cause, and it could have belonged in the movie but anyway, the the few that we saw, one where it started to rain, so it gave them a bit of levity. Yeah, because through the movie, one of their main problems is no water. they have no water, no food. So, so they you're, this, you're threatened by that as well. So they have this one scene where it starts to rain. Really, torrentially rain, so there's enough to drink. Everybody gets the cuts washed off, and it's kind of, oh, there's some hope. Now, I prefer not to see any hope, so I agree. I'm glad it wasn't in there. And then the second one was along the same theme, right? The second um, deleted scene was... What was it again? (laughs) The two of them in the tent talking about their escape or whatever. And then... Then a little sex action. Then a little sexy stuff. Is hinted at. And it's like, "Mm -hmm." It wasn't needed at that point. Yeah, people have died at that point. When you're you're watching the deleted scene, you know there's been lots of horrible things happening. And here they are screwing. Now, if that would be on your mind, whatever. But... It seemed very inappropriate. So, yeah, I'm glad they took out... It was a bit of, like you said, relief. But I, like I said that. to you, it, this movie doesn't let up. It, it As soon as it starts to go down, it goes heavy down and then stays down all the time. Like So 
these parts weren't needed. But it was interesting to see. Because if he did drop them in, it would feel like a different movie. Yeah, and the one where they're playing their little game where they say there's a man drinking with a, tequila there's as a well. man with a tree sticking out of his ear and the next person goes so he was having uh, an arborist come and look at his, whatever yeah. it is and they were doing that in the scene where they're laughing and joking around and again horrible things have happened so it wouldn't have been so good. and then the third deleted scene was another one along the same lines they were all drinking tequila around the, the that was de- the one I'm talking about well yeah they decided to uh, crack open Instead of using the tequila for medical purposes, which is what they were using it for, they started to drink it. Which wasn't a good idea, because the first thing, when she started to drink it, I thought to myself, you'll get dehydrated, and that guy said, that doctor, don't drink it, you'll be dehydrated. Yeah, but then she goes, yeah, well, it rained, so yeah. we have endless water, so they had, <laughs> they had to be careful about I guess that's why they clipped that scene out, because she said it's rained, they couldn't have left that Yeah, in. and then we saw the unrated version of the movie, so the actual ending, which we won't spoil that we saw was different to the one my friend saw in the cinema and there's also another one so there's three endings if you're into the different endings and they're very similar but different very subtle difference in how the ultimate outcome of this could be and all three of them have a place I think Uh, in this genre I like the one that's fixed on the movie on the unrated Blu-ray disc yeah I think that's my favourite of the three better than the theatrical one and better than the you know mm-hmm. which one I mean. Yeah. So I think they put the right one on the uh, DVD, and it's strange. You know, strange that the director must have liked the one they put on here because you wouldn't put your movie on DVD with a different ending on it. Oh, I'm sure some directors have to. They don't have a choice. The studio says this is it, and that's right. it. But, but so who knows? But why. yeah, it is different to the theater one, very slightly, but different enough to change the tone of the ending too. Like so. now, this genre. Has a certain kind of endings, so they're all kind of wrapped up in that idea. Yeah, pretty much. Like, There's no revolutionary ending. No, but one is slightly different. Well, one is quite different to the other two, and that one is. I'm glad that's. It I'm sees glad through that a certain inevitability. Yeah, I'm glad that's the one <laughs> they didn't use. Yeah. Um. So now moving on I'm to. Not in your way, am I? No. No. But, well, <laughs> yes, kind of. You're up your shoulder, but it doesn't matter. Um, I don't think the listeners need to hear that. <laughs> sure they do. Um, so, moving on to... Well, thanks to DreamWorks and Paramount for sending us this Blu-ray disc. Now, moving on to the contest for this week. This has been the last week for this contest. Uh, Burn Notice Season 1 on DVD. Question, and uh, you A little bit do... of a crossover there. You mentioned Bruce Campbell. Correct. The question is, list five television series that Bruce Campbell has been in. Five television series Bruce Campbell and send an email to ascoli at ascoli.com and in the subject line put type however you get it there podcast contest burn notice I almost and, forgot <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you could be in for the chance to win one of two couples. chance of a lifetime well yeah if you're into burn notice it is right free DVDs Yep. So, uh, moving on to games we've been playing. You haven't been playing anything? No. I've been playing Schizoid. What do you think of Schizoid? It's fun to watch. It's actually really good. Looks hard. It's really good. I mean, um, this is an Xbox Live Arcade game called Schizoid. It's the first Xbox Live Arcade game to be made by an amateur, pretty much. A dude. Well, not really a dude. It's a, it, I found out this week it is a team of dudes, but they're not game designer dudes. So, last year, Microsoft opened up this initiative called the XNA Project. What this allows is 
anybody with a bit of programming knowledge. I mean, it still doesn't mean Joe Schmo off the street, me or you. Got to know at least C Sharp or C++ and have a bit of knowledge of programming. And then you've, then you've got to pay $99 a year to Microsoft. They enroll you into the XNA project. They give you... They don't give you a development kit, but they give you software that you run on your PC that you can design games in that will run on the 360. Oh, wow. It's only $100 a year. Yeah. But That's you, pretty good. But it's not like... it's not. They don't give it you and then you drag and drop stuff. It's You've fully got to know how to program first. So all these bedroom programmers, people who do know a bit about programming, can pay this money, take this tool make something, submit it to Microsoft, and Microsoft like it enough, they'll make it into a product that they'll sell on the on the marketplace. And this this is what this guy did. So it's a simple game. It's I kind of it's a kind of geometry wars meets Pac-Man. Yeah. Um it's a co-op game. So the basic premise is there's two ships on the screen, a red and a blue ship. There's not you use you don't use any buttons, you just use the stick to move the ship around. The red ship can bump into red enemies and get rid of them, and the blue ship can bump into blue enemies and get rid of them. That's the premise. So, if I play with you, you're the red and I'm the blue, you're protecting me and I'm protecting you. And that's it. So if my enemy goes close to you, I go bump into it, etc. But there are maps and there are little mazes and things. It gets more complicated as it goes along. Different types of enemies that you have to work together to kill. But you do get the big bomb thing that you can kill everything. With there's one of those on yeah, each level. Not on each level. Occasionally you'll get a smart bomb. I have to to use it. I'd have to go and pick it up, and then you have to run into me to use it. Oh right. And it doesn't blow the whole level up. It blows around. Your so you ship. found though online when you're finding these co-op people, some people aren't very good. No, <laughs> they're not very good. Um, now I've played with my friend Ray this week, and we know how to play it. So that is really enjoyable because you find strategies as you're going through it. Like, you'll try it five different ways, and then the fifth way, you're like, wow, we should have done this the first time, because that's how to do it. So it's a really good game. But I heard you playing with some people where you're like, come on! Uh, go uh, go yeah. in there! Come on! Some come people up. just don't understand, like... There's a particular type of enemy, which is a star, that a red star is attracted to a blue ship. So if a blue ship goes near a red star, the red star's gonna come full speed at the blue ship. So the technique is which me and Ray figured out, is stay close together, the blue, us as the blue and red ship, and then if there's a star floating and it's not noticed us and it's just do-do-do, I just, I'll go up towards it, it'll be attracted to me instantly, I'll bomb it away from it and he'll go up and get it while I... You won't bomb it, you actually mean you'll get away. Yeah, I'll, I'll run away from it. And because I'm running away from it, it will follow me automatically. So while it's following me, he heads straight up and hits it. Mm, so clever. you have to use that technique a lot now if you play the random online people they don't seem to have figured that out so you might swear at them a bit you're the all supreme schizoid players or schizoid yeah. <laughs> schizoid and then there's a special mode where you can play both ships on one oh, joypad dear. that looked really hard yeah it's it's bananas I can't even get my head around it it's when the blue ship needs to run away on the right stick and then the red stick the red ship on the left stick needs to go hit the enemy for some reason you just move them both the same way automatically and then they both crash into like uh, it's really hard you've got to be good I, I don't know if you play it long enough you would but I couldn't do it you might find a strategy or something I thought the strategy would be 
me and you just get one controller and and you hold on to one side of it, I hold on to the other side and we just play it like that. That's the strategy. That's cheating. Yeah, that's cheating. No, that's using your no, noggin. No, that, that is not using your noggin. <laughs> that's cheating. That's cheating, mate, right there. That's cheating. That's not very good for health and safety. <laughs> so That's a reference to something else. I also played Unreal Tournament 3 this week. Bit disappointed. Oh, were you? I think that the game... I think that Deathmatch... Just straight up Deathmatch, which is what Unreal Tournament is. Even though it does have a couple of extra things. I think it's out of... I think it's gone. I, th- I think it's old-fashioned. Because I haven't played a straight-up deathmatch game for a long time. I usually play squad games like Rainbow Six or Battlefield. Stuff where you're playing as a team. Isn't that the same thing? You're just killing people. No, deathmatch is you. You're thrown in an arena. There's five other guys. You kill each other. As many, you know, And the first one's a 50 kills wins or whatever. That's straight-up old-school Quake deathmatch, basically. Well, Unreal Tournament. Oh, what's Keith well, first? Quake invented it, oh, right? right? So, so it's ten years old that kind of gameplay, and Unreal Tournament doesn't take it much further. In fact, they've not added any new weapons. It's the same weapons as the two thousand and three version. So, really, the graphics are nicer. But there was one one thing I thought was, it's kind of like the graphics. It's Unreal Tournament with Gears of War skin over the top. Right. It's like what they did was they went, oh, these characters from Gears of War, people like these, so let's put them in there. Even though they're not exactly, they're very much like Gears of War. Every, everybody's big and beefy with big armor on them. Because it's the same people. Yeah, same people. So the deathmatch doesn't do it for me. I just It's very fast. A lot of dickheads. It's almost motion sickness fast, because it's fast, fast. Like it, you turn around like in an instant, you know, because it's old school. So I think it just as... So those ones where you play where you're, like, hiding behind stuff and you're, like, an army in the war or whatever or whatever and then you're, like, going... That's the same thing, though, isn't it? Where you're shooting people and blowing up buildings and stuff? Well, I mainly play... (laughs) A lot of the games... Maybe I'm not paying A lot of the games I've played recently or in the last year on shooting games on 360 or whatever are squad-based shooters. So Battlefield, it has... First off, it has vehicles... You can play as different classes. You're not just a guy who has a gun. You're, you can either be a sniper or a medic or a... It gives it a variety. Now, Unreal is everybody has the same gun. There you go. Shoot each other. You know, the the games that I play more often are... So you have to play as a team in those other games. More of a team. And, and that's what I have fun with, playing with a friend, you know, and being in the same team. And Unreal Tournament, while it does have a mode like a conquest mode, where you can play in teams. It just feels outdated. The guns don't feel... I don't know. There's something about it. You can't quite... It doesn't make you want to keep playing it. Yeah. Oh, also, there's no stat tracking. There's no unlocking anything. Everything You've got everything to stat. There's actually no incentive to... to, to uh, there's some achievements. But do you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. no... I like on Battlefield, which is what we've been playing at the moment. I like... You level up every so often and it gives you a new ranking and then you unlock a new gun or a new piece of equipment. Now, that's an incentive to carry on because you think, you know, I've got a sniper rifle but the next one down on the list is a lot better. I'll be better with that one but I have to get to level 20 to get it. So, Leveling up just means killing more things. 
uh, it's not just killing. Like uh, if you if you're a medic, for instance, and you heal people, you get points for that. You know, it's just getting points. So you're healing or killing, doing your job in the game. Healing, killing. They're bomb people who blow up buildings. Yep. Oh, all right. Or blow or blow up vehicles, like a demolition guy who is his primary job is to if a tank's coming, he puts a bomb on a tank or he fires a missile launcher at a tank. He's not really to kill the squads; he's to kill the tanks. So you do your job, whatever your job is. That's why I was saying Unreal Tournament feels a bit dated now. Even Gears of War, which is their newer game, it has enough different things like getting behind cover. Unreal Tournament has none of that. It's just super fast. It's hard to explain. It's just... No, I, I know what you mean. I think it's past its sell-by date. Maybe you are past its sell-by date. Sell by today. I think I've played enough shooting games to know which ones I like. And that one, I played it for a couple of hours. It's like empty calories. Yeah, You'll exactly. sit there, kill, kill, kill. Okay, let me go back and get involved with something And play again. with my friend and level up in a squad. Or, or actually play one that I like the feel of. There's also a feel thing on shooting games. And they're not all the same way you might think. As you mime the fe- the action of holding a gun in your hand. <laughs> like, it's very visceral. Yeah. <laughs> like driving. This so, racing. <laughs> so I'm kind of a bit disappointed because I like Unreal Tournament and I've been a fan of it all the time. Even I played it. You got me to play it when you first yeah. came here so many years ago. I'm not saying it's a bad game because I've been a fan of it on the PC all these years. You know, I've played it, I think, 1990. Eight when the first one came out, Unreal Tournament, and I had just a crappy 200 megahertz Pentium, and I played it on that. And uh, that was pretty much it at the time, Quake and that. I played it through all the different variations, and this is the first time I've played it on a console. Maybe it's the console that... that mm. the, but I don't know. I, don't I think, think you get... Right, this is the, the, the way of it. You're kind of... Because I like movie. Cliffy B's stuff. I like... I do like the look of like the Gears of War characters all macho and beefy and like, But you like like know. eight different types of characters. It could be the skinny guy who's the bomb guy and the big beefy guy who's the guy who can like, go in and only use hand to hand combat like and then Team Fortress mix all that up in there. But isn't that what Gears of War kind of is? No, Gears of War's see the multiplayer on Gears of War I don't like either, but that's another story. That's not it wasn't made as a multiplayer yeah. game. It was made as a that co-op story. game. You go through the story, right. yeah. So, and and the new Gears of War two that comes in November, I they say they've done a lot of work on the multiplayer side this time because they have more time to do it, and the multiplayer is as good as the the single player and the co-op. So maybe they have mastered it this right. time. But the first one, it wasn't great. So that's enough. Unreal Tournament three. Oh, it was my birthday on Friday, as you said earlier. Yeah, we went to see a movie. We did. Should we talk about that movie in a, not in detail, but a little? Sure. What was it? I forget the name. <laughs> it was Wanted. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no. I don't know. I keep thinking it's Break. I have no idea. I have no clue whatsoever why break? that's. A, I have no idea. It's just Break. So I'm going to call it Break. Okay. And it's Angelina Jolie, but she's not the star. She is for me. Oh my god. Okay, so. Wanted is the new movie by... I'm going to try and not butcher this director's name because I like him. It's pretty complicated, it looks like. Yes. Uh, let me just get this director. Okay, so he's the director of... I think we might have mentioned him last week. A couple of movies that I really like. Daywatch. Well, Nightwatch mm. and Daywatch. So, Russian vampire movies. Yeah, a little bit more than that. Yeah, of course they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm so, just saying, it, they're not just you're not going to find it if you just go into Blockbuster. N- yeah, you actually will because they are released by Fox in the U.S. Really? Yes, that's how we saw. They are Russian language. Russian so language, can, but they're really good. 
Um, and they're part of a trilogy. The third movie, Twilight Watch, is the next movie which he's going to make now, after he's made this movie called Wanted. Now he's called, he's Russian director obviously, he's called Timur... I'm going to mess it up. Bek Mambitov? Sounds, Sounds good. good, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, he... What would you say? He's like visionary. Like uh, He's visionary, and we've seen extras where he's talking about making movies. Yeah. And he's quite captivated by popular culture and and um don't know how he's kind of like tries to be hip and artsy and cool and all of that and then throws in his movies sort of very visual comic book and in the night watch and day watch now they're quite low budget movies well, they're probably not, but they are. They're really independent feeling. And then you'll be watching them, and then, holy crap, some special effect out of the Matrix happens. And you're like... I not mean, out of the Matrix. I, I don't mean out of the Matrix. I mean, something as good quality as that as in the Matrix happens. And you're like, wow, that, I didn't expect to see that in this movie. You know, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Now, Wanted is full of these moments, and you expect them in this one, because it's a Hollywood movie by this guy. Based on a comic book. Yeah, based on a graphic novel graphic novel right and it's yeah. very obvious yes very obvious it's like Sin City like almost not as no, good I as don't that. mean like Sin City as in the style of Sin City I mean you can see pages of, you can see panels from comic the panel exactly yeah. Every there are shots after shot after shot where you're like oh that was a drawing oh that was a drawing yeah. oh that was a drawing now this movie stars James McAvoy as the main guy Wesley Morgan Freeman Angelina Jolie Angelina Jolie <laughs> and Terrence Stamp etc and, and Common and you know Some a bunch of, of people anyway it's cool it's kind of too cool for its own good sometimes yes there's a lot of Timur stamped, stamped in there you know you're watching one of his movies I mean you wouldn't if you weren't didn't, but as a fan yeah you feel his presence in there um it got a lot of dopey responses from people, so it's very it, low common denominator. It did. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of like, <laughs> yeah. It, the, what was really funny, I, just, I have to mention this is <laughs> there's a real let's uh, use the term what these guys. Okay, we're in the cinema. There's some guys sat right behind us. College age. College age. They laugh at every stupid joke that's not even worth laughing at in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And there's a guy in the movie who is to quote them a douchebag. <laughs> now the douchebag. Gets punched, oh, well, gets a slap in the face, let's say. I won't spoil it. Gets a slap in the face, and they go, <laughs> What a douchebag. And they were douchebag. And I, and I was. Your I, thought was. I, my yeah. thought was, the director is talking about you guys. <laughs> yeah, because he's. But you don't know that. <laughs> so I'll just have my own little funny yeah. personal yeah. laugh in my head. So that was funny for me, that part. But mainly because of the. And I. I think that's the kind of audience it's attract. It's going to attract. It is, but I am not that kind, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really stylish. I thought there was, it wasn't great all the time. There was moments of greatness where I was like, I'm really liking this. The train, for instance. Yes, the train was really good. Um, and just some of the shots where I w- where I really liked the shots. I-, I just thought, and special effects that I felt they felt new to me um there's also parts that were really bad special effects wise story wise it wasn't under it wasn't fully it it was it it was a movie that i thought would be better than it ended up being you know 
I think Angelina, by taking somebody that Liz- you really like his style and you really like what he has, what kind of his voice of making movies, which is this guy in the movies we've seen, and then slapping on the Hollywood bullshit, that's what bothered me. I think the Hollywood bullshit. I don't bullshit. need Angelina Bull. She didn't do anything. Angelina bullshit. <laughs> Angelina bullshit. I don't need, I don't hate her as a person in movies, but she was nothing. She could have been anyone, and the only reason it was her was because they could get, like, a long shot of her standing there staring at the camera, and a shot of her looking like she's got attitude, and a couple of times when she gets to punch somebody. There's no substance to her whatsoever. And don't forget the part where she uh, is naked from behind. Whatever. I don't don't remember that part. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But that's the only... That's it. So I don't like this patched-together, cool, over-cool... Even Morgan Freeman was... Same as we always say. He's always like... But he, he had some lines that were a bit too cool for school. A bit too yes. cool for him, even. Uh, so they didn't really fit with him. They were catering to the lowest common denominator. They were. On every level. And it would have been better if they would have stripped that back a bit. And also, I mentioned, I have no problem with swearing in movies. In fact, I no. kind of like it. I, I want... If the character swears, like in Pulp Fiction... Or Lock, Stock, and Two Smokies. Yeah, like I said, in Pulp Fiction, um, John Travolta's character and Samuel L. Jackson's character, there's more swearing from them characters than you can possibly imagine. But it fits with the characters. There was swearing in these characters that I didn't believe would come out of them, their mouth. Inappropriate. The main guy, specifically. Inappropriate, not like offensive. Inappropriate, like... Just like, he wouldn't swear. It'd or in this like situation, I would hearing your grandma swear. say the F word. It's, and it doesn't it's like, let's... Seeing as we're an R-rated or whatever, let's use our F-words to get a big... Uh, like, so people go, oh, that's so cool. Exactly. Like, yeah! Because yeah! there are a couple of those moments, supposedly. Yeah, where um, Morgan Freeman says the F-word. You know, you don't generally hear Morgan Freeman swear, if you think about it. Not in and when he Almighty. says when he says motherfucker, <laughs> that was the two cool Oh, school. we were doing so good. That's where I was saying to you... That was supposed to be cool. Everybody was supposed to... Well, and it got the reaction from the audience... But... From the douchebags. It lowered Morgan Freeman's character. Totally. That's a good way to put it. So that's exactly he was, right. So he was very uh, eloquent and well-spoken... Intimidating. ...until this moment. <laughs> and then, and then, you're like, then he oh, says, motherfucker. <laughs> and then you're like... And he only says it once, but it's just and once too And he says it many. in that weird gangster cool way. way. Ugh, yeah, yeah. God, it just... It's you're not, right, lowered it. It's, it might have been the... It, it could have been Morgan Freeman's lowest moment. <laughs> and that's the perfect way to describe... You're you're in this movie, you're like, oh, that looks really cool, and oh, that's a that's a good idea, and then something happens, just like you said, to lower it. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, no, that's cool, that's and there's, cool. And there's absolutely no doubt that the there's moments of greatness, like I say, but there's I think there's more moments of none. So it it's a half and half. I, I enjoyed it though. I enjoyed. it. I didn't like the story, and I didn't care about her, and I didn't really care about the main but, guy. But I think we might knock it on the head because we might get it for review. Yeah. If you, in a few months, and then we'll cover it properly. It is what it is. It's a, it's a, action Saturday night. Go to the movies. Going, oh, yeah. It's, kind of it's check it's, your brain. It's at aimed the door. at the boys as well. Like it's really squarely aimed at boys. It's, um, I mean, when I say boys, I mean men, not no, really men, not men, kind of boys, douchebags in the back row. It's, it's aimed at them <laughs> because, um, it's a bit of sexuality, a lot of swearing, a lot of gory shooting, a lot of wham-bang special effects that they'll get behind. I, see, as a, I know you're a woman watching it. I am. It's not really aimed at women at all. Like It's, it's a proper bloke movie. Um, Those elements, yeah. I mean, I like that stuff too. Yeah, but, yeah, and then 
the the actual story behind it of the weak weak to me very weak yeah but I, I I had the feeling I liked the story about the I don't want to spoil it but the the background of it I kept feeling to myself there's more to this but we're not seeing it in this movie it's in that yeah. book we oh, need to I, read yeah, that book yeah it's really a complicated Deeper. story but they've made it really shallow like. my problem with it is right going into the ruins for example which is what this podcast is about by the way. I was able to understand from the trailers, from the genre, okay, you know what? I'm going to let some of this go, and I'm just going to go along for the ride. Going into break? Wanted. <laughs> Wanted. Break. Going into, I don't know idea. I have no clue. Going into Wanted, my I was totally different. I was like, yeah. I mean, I was not because of Angelina Jolie, but action movie, summertime, whatever. And then that, I, I wasn't were prepared to expect the worst or, you know, like, lower my expectations. Not that I had expectations, but I just wasn't getting in my mind, okay, this is just going to be a flick and I'll just get through it. I, that might have been my problem. I know, but as it went on, I was like, what? And it had a lot of borrowed elements, The Matrix, and it, it felt... As every movie does. It felt like borrowed elements from a lot of things combined, but there again, it is a graphic novel. I don't know how faithful I take it, it from his perspective. Like I said, he seems like he's really into you know film culture and pop culture and oh, and it fits perfectly. dynamic things and and like fast paced and you know so and it fits into that perfectly. Yeah. If you like things like the Matrix, if you if you were wowed at the Matrix, main like the Matrix story is the first one is amazing anyway. Yeah, this has nothing to do. Well, with what the I'm saying is, if you was wowed by the Matrix for like. Because you saw bullet time and you'd never seen special effects like that. There are some moments in here where <laughs> some special effects you are like, I don't think I've seen something done. That what I'm saying. I don't think I've seen it done exactly like that before. Yeah, but it wasn't that. Oh, that's cool. There was a couple for me. For where me. I, well, oh, the was train was the only one. Yeah, and something near the end which I won't mention. Okay. But anyway, we'll probably go back to this movie because I assume we'll review it soon, um, sooner or later. Um. I'd recommend it. I might I might recommend you not going to the cinema, though, because it really... Well, to me, it's a rental, you know? Did totally we have a good rent. experience at the cinema again? No. Okay. What was, what was wrong? <laughs> what was the first thing that was wrong? The first thing that was wrong, the um, curtains weren't open all the way? Yeah, okay, so you you have a nice wide screen in the cinema. It's like a the perfect aspect ratio for a wide movie. And... Sometimes a movie isn't in that aspect ratio, so they have these little curtains that cover the ends of the screen. Yeah, those didn't come back at all, did they? So, so the we, end, we were projecting onto them. About two and a half feet on each end of the screen, or more, was, was a black, with, and was you know black but with the picture in it. And you know what? Because I wasn't that interested in the movie to begin with, normally I'd be all pissed off, and I'd go back and tell the projectionist, who's like a 12-year-old kid sitting back there yeah. going, I don't know what to do. Um, or not 12, maybe 16. I was like, whatever. He doesn't actually it. know what aspect ratio care. is. I didn't even care. But and after a while, I kind of got used to it. There was nothing extra happening over there anyway, so I just got used to it. And it was like sweaty in there, but it was cold. Yeah, weird. It was like moist and stinky. Douchebags <laughs> making the kind oh, the first half an hour of the movie. I had that, oh, there was like, a hair line. right in the middle of the screen for the first half an hour. So every time there was somebody's facial shot, it was like cut in half with a yeah. hair. And there was lots of... Yeah, on was, the, and the, the film looked like it was 300 years old. It did, it was pretty warm. Um, and the douchebags behind us laughed at 
They Every laughed, inappropriate, moaned. yeah. Oh no, inappropriate. Appro- when they were supposed to laugh, it's like but it they're wasn't funny. like they're puppets on a fucking string. Okay, that's what I'm saying about people who respond to every little thing that whoever's making this movie like so expects I, you to respond. Yeah, so to. I know that um, at the beginning of the movie, the hero of the piece, his boss, is a overweight lady. The douchebags behind us went, <laughs> "Fat bitch." Like yeah. that. That's the that's yes. the that's the kind of comments we got all the way through. Yeah, which so, is lovely. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that ruined it. I, and I kept thinking, I wish I would have watched this at home, but I did. I wanted to watch it. So it reminds us that when we're at, and I even said, you know, when we're sitting there in the theater and that big mm-hmm. massive screen. The thing is, at home, when we're sitting in our chairs and like today watching the movie, it's the same. It covers the your entire vision. You know, it's nine feet wide, so. It's like that only a million times better. And there's no douchebags right yeah, behind you. have like $700 or $800 or whatever in a room to do it, I highly recommend. And another thing I uh, want to say is um, when you're in the cinema and there's 400 seats to choose from, <laughs> why do people sit next to you? when, right when the, cin- you. the cinema's empty. There's maybe eight people in the cinema. Some new people come in and they sit on the same row, either next to you or right behind you or right in front of you. Why not somewhere else? Like, do they feel like they need to keep warm by sitting next to me? <laughs> What's the deal? It's a gang thing. They want to, you know, I don't know. So I if, hate that too. So I just want to tell tell that to all the douchebag cinema goers out there. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so we better wrap this up because we've gone over it's an hour. It's been a while. Um, let's move on to uh, the websites. That's it. Yeah. So, so we've got com. You can get this podcast at iTunes. Uh, well, they've already got it. Well, at the new iTunes, actually. You can get this at the new iTunes 7.7 or whatever it's called this week. You can get it at the Zoom Marketplace. You can get it on the RSS feed or you can go to com and listen to it straight on the page. Click on the link podcast in the top navigation and you can listen to it on the, on the page. You can email feedback to com or sidtalk at sidtalk.com. And is there anything else you want to wrap up with? Just, uh... Think for yourself. You know people. If you don't think for yourself, somebody else will do it for you. And I want to say, uh, stay classy UPS man who delivered us that weird vine in the mail. And if you touched it, you're in trouble. I not only touched it, it's hanging on the kitchen wall. Okay. (laughs) We're all doomed!